Welcome back. We are studying the seventh chapter of Ilchot Hamesu Masaf Rambam, Sefer Zemanim, Mishneh Torah. This chapter deals with, it's one of my favorite chapters, by the way, of, 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 uh, of uh, Ilchot Hamesu Masa. It deals with one of the mitzvot we mentioned at the beginning, one of the eight mitzvot of Pesach, and that is the mitzvah of retelling the story of Yisiat Misraim. And as we are going to see, in addition to there being a scriptural a to tell the story of Yisiat Misraim the night of Pesach, the moment in which we eat Masao Maror, there also are certain uh, rabbinic guidelines, Midarabanan, that result in what we see in the next chapter, Perek Shemini, they result in the customs that we have, the Seder of Pesach. And if you understand these guidelines, if you understand this Mitzvah, then you understand that the entire Seder of Pesach is just an application of the Higatah Levincha. Even what we do, the things that we do, the things that we eat, is the telling of the story uh, to fulfill some of the, uh, the Rabbanan elements. <clears throat> הלכה א', מסוות עשה של תורה או של לתורה לספר בניסים ונפלאות שנעשו לאבותינו במשרים בליל חמישה עשר בניסן. It's an affirmative precept from the Torah to tell the, the nisim, it means the, the signs. I don't want to use the word miracle. Uh, it's, it's not a word that translates nisim very well. Nes is a flag. It's something that signifies something. It's a sign. ונפלאות and uh, wondrous things, things that are inexplicable, that were done, that happened, uh, that, that were made to our forefathers in Egypt in the night, in the eve of the 15th of Nisan, as it is said, you must remember, or zachor rather, it doesn't mean remember, it means you must uh, remind you must do something to remember this day that or this time that you left Mitzrayim. Yom is not necessarily day. Just like it was said, Zachor, do something to remember the Shabbat to make it distinguished, to distinguish it, to make it special, which we fulfill by doing the Kiddush. And how do I know that this applies on the night on the 15th of Nisan and not say the first of Nisan or the first of Adar for that matter? Chachamim learned from the Basuk, and this is part of what we say in the Hakadah. You shall tell the Higata uh, one word about the word Vehigata, as opposed to the Amarta. Lomar is to say something exactly as I heard it. It's a specific formula uh, that is written down. For example, the, what we say when we bring Bikurim, the Torah says, Ve'anita ve'amarta. We have to say exactly these words. Everyone uses the same words, and we say, Arami, Oved Avi, Misraima, etc., etc. Ve'higadta is a very subjective kind of telling, and nobody potentially will use the same words as anybody else. So you shall tell to your son on that day, Lemor, something that signifies the following, that has the following, 
It is an account of this that God did with me what he did with me when I left Mitzrayim. So what does it mean on account of this? Ze is something that you can point to with your finger. So this must mean at such time as you have Masa and Maror in front of you and you can point to them. So one is that, that's the 15th of Nisan. And although we, and, and now you'll understand why Harambam used the Pasuk of Zachoret Hayom Azeh and not the Pasuk of Higata Levincha, which is just five Pasukim later. Because even a person who doesn't have a son uh, yet, or a person who knows everything, is a great scholar, a great sage, this obligation applies to them as well. And Zachoret Ayom did not mention any son. And anyone, and a person who uh, elaborates, the more one elaborates on two things, and these are going to be two key things, is the things that uh, uh, unfolded, and the things that were. One is more, um, I would say, relating to circumstances, things that happened to us, and shehayu, and things uh, that, that uh, became. And we are going to see what this is. I believe that the she'er'u v'she'hayu represents the mahloket of Rav and Shemuel of, of uh, what exactly the Haggadah should be. And Halakha is like both. Halakha bet. It's a misvah to tell the children what the story is, even if they are not asking. It's ideal if they ask and you respond to them. But even if they are not asking, it's a misvah to tell them the story uh, gratis without anyone requesting that information. As it is said, and uh, there is a few psukim, four psukim that the Haggadah identifies, and they attribute each of them to different kind of son. But the Higata Levincha is a pasuk where there is no prompting. The, the son doesn't start asking. Other pasukim have the son prompting and uh, and then the father answering. In this pasuk, you shall tell. It's in absolute terms without anyone asking. First rule. So we are going to see a few rules. Okay. Aviv Melamedo. The first rule of how to fulfill this misvah is this Haggadah, and this is learned from the word Vehikata as opposed to, as opposed to the Amarta. This would be a very subjective telling. Needs to be told in accordance with the capabilities, the capacity of the audience, of the son. Aviv Melamedo. Kesal. How so? If the son was very little or not very smart, and it, there is nothing wrong with there is everything wrong with the opposite. There's nothing wrong with a Jewish father knowing that his son is not Einstein. It, it's important for Hinuch to, to understand how much your son can achieve and how much he cannot. So you may have a father who understands his son is Tipesh. This is a desirable um, knowledge. To, to really be aware of the capabilities of your son. Omerlo, so what, what does the father do? 
he tells them. And by the way, if the son is Tipesh, it doesn't exclude, it doesn't excuse the father from teaching. Just the teaching needs to be done at the level of the child. Omerlo, he, he tells them, Beni, my son, Kulanu Hainu Avadim Kemoshifhazo, we all were slaves uh, like like this and and in the time that they had uh, servants at home he would point out to someone that the child understands can relate to would say like this servant uh, in Misraim and on, on this night God saved us and we became free very very simple formula that anyone can understand Look how Haramam is precise. The first one was Katan Otipesh, either or. Now it's and. And if the, if the son was uh, older and smarter and wise, he teaches him what happened to us in Misraim. Including the 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 nisim, the the great signs that were done through Moshe Rabbeinu, everything according to the mind of the child. Want to point out in this halacha bet, Rambam went through the four children Chachamim mentioned. Why? The first one, the second one, katanotipesh. Uh, is perhaps the Rasha and, and the Tam. And then the last one, Gadol Vechacham, is the Hacham. Halacha Gimal. V'tzadich la'asot shinui balayla hazeh. Second rule. So first rule, the Fidato Shla Ben Avim Second rule, and this is all, by the way, straight from the Mishnah Masachat Pesachim. Um, one must do something different on this night. K'deshi'il u'abanim. So the children see this. And they ask, and they can say, they can be prompted to ask, Why is this night different than all other nights? So that the father can be prompted, can be triggered to respond with the story and tell them, this is what unfolded and this is what was, this is what happened. Now, um, let me just give you a, a personal anecdote. This last week, my four-year-old son, Yosef, uh, said he's very excited for Pesach. Why? Because he said on the night of Pesach, he gets to drink Coke. We, we don't normally drink Coke during the year. And uh, I, it occurred to me last year to just bring it to the table and let them drink just so that there is something different about this night and also to give them candy before the food as we're going to see this is actually in the halakha in the next halakha and uh, my son was three years old then now he's four and he remembers this 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 really really made an impact this really was noticed children pick up on these things uh, do something different they are going to notice they are going to ask especially children they are very accustomed to rules and to routine and if you do something different it goes a very long way. <clears throat> what kind of changes can one make? 
מחלק להם כליות ואגוזים. The first one is to give them sweet or other kinds of snacks of that time before the meal, uh, which is not something you normally do. You don't let your child eat candy before the food. Well, on Pesach, let them. ועוקרים השולחן מלפניהם קודם שיאכלו. Also, you remove the table from them before the, the food starts. So you put the tablecloth on, serve the food, you sit down for Kiddush, then you remove the tablecloth with everything, then you put it back again, uh, and that's going to trigger some questions. וחוטפים מסע זה מיד זה, you can take the matzah one from the hand of the other, this is not what we do normally, which is uh, in Ilchot Berachot, we studied how to, to give the bread out to all the participants, this is not the Terech Eres, but you can do that on Pesach to change things. וחיוסה בדברים האלו, and things of this sort. And lo ben, what do you do if uh, you have no child? His wife should be the one asking. It's always better that someone else asks. And lo isha, if he's not married, So all the participants of that table can ask each other, even if they all know more or less one, at least one version of the answer. And this is what we study in the halakha of Ma'aseh Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Yoshua Rabbi Azar Azariah, which comes to illustrate that that even if we know everything, like Rabbi Azar Ben Azariah, Rabbi Akivan, Rabbi Tarfon certainly did, they, they knew much more than we do for sure. So even them, they, they felt it that it was enough of a misvah for them to be talking about this story all night long. So they are talking all night long about this story. How much more so people who know less than that? There is a lot to talk about. If the person was on his own, he should ask himself, why, why is this night uh, different than all other nights? Uh, so again, first rule is second rule is Shinui. Okay, Halacha Dalet. Third rule. Third rule is we structure whatever story we are saying, we structure it by beginning with the negative and ending with the positive. We begin with the negative and we end with the positive. That is very important. This is something that you can see in several places in the Torah that... <clears throat> People talk by starting by the negative and then going on to the positive. And psychologically, we always relate the latter part of a statement to being the main point of what's being said. So the punchline, normally the beginning of a sentence is taken as context and the end of the sentence is taken as the main point. And we don't want for the main point of the night to be we were slaves and we were slaves and that's it and we were slaves and let's uh, let's all cry because we're slaves no we were slaves and it was terrible but Bore Olam saved us Kesad Mathilum Saper so how so and now you're going to see examples of Shehra'u v'shehayu Mathilum Saper a person must begin and tell Shabbatahila hayu avotenu bimetelach umilefanav and this is Shehayu by the way listen to this that at first our forefathers in the time of Terah and before him, they were kofrin v'to'ina hareha hevel, 
they they had uh, rejected the truth that was hitherto known uh, as uh, we explained in Chot Avodah Zarabi um, and, and they, they went after after things that are totally false the Rothin Avodah Zarah they went after Avodah Zarah after warships that were alien and then at the end we end with the, the true the true rules the Torah that God Almighty, uh, the Holy One, he, he brought us to it. He brought us to the true kind of worship. He also separated us from others who are different, who continued in those pagan ways. And he brought us close to uh, understanding his oneness. So this is the Vadim Shehayu, according to my interpretation. Because it because the first version is of things that we were. So we were of the Avodazara, and then we became of the Hashem. Now, what happened to us? What were the circumstances? This is external, not internal. That we used to be enslaved to Paro in Egypt. Listen to the word it's external, someone did to us. And all the bad things that were done to us. And then we finished off with all the signs and wonders that were done to us. Again, done to us. And our freedom. So you have the Varim here, I believe, the first kind is Shehayu, and the latter kind is Shehayu, and this reflects Mahloket in Masechet Pesachim, I believe it's Daf Kof Yod Zayin, uh, on, uh, between Rav and Shemuel, on what is the proper Haggadah. Okay, Vehu, now number five. So first rule was, as as we started saying, Lachagima, the first rule is Lefidato Shel Laben Avim Melavido, Second rule is la'asot shinui to to actually do something different. Third rule is to begin with the good and to end with the bad. Fourth rule is the fourth rule is that we structure this story as a derasha on a formula that we have for the Bikurim. So the Bikurim formula, Avi, should serve as the basis on which we build our story that tells both about the, 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 the story of what we were and what we became, that's the of the Avodazara, and the story of what happened to us. We were enslaved and we were redeemed. And both of them, by the way, can be seen very clearly in Arami Oved Avi. Arami Oved Avi are we talking about internally? My, my forefather was a lost Arami? In other words, or are we talking about Arami Ovedavi that uh, Lavan wanted to kill us? So each one of these readings fits one of the two uh, stories we just spoke about. must finish the entire parasha. And the entire parasha... Uh, ends a little later than what we have in our printed Agadot. I make a point on Pesach to actually read the entire Perashah 
with Tamim, of course, uh, until the, 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 the end of the paragraph in what you'd find in the Torah. Uh, it's Atave Alevive Agerashor Bekirbecha. Okay. And one who increases and expands upon the derashot of this parasha, this is good, this is the better. So why is Ramam saying this? Because for the most part, this is a very important rule in Halakha, for the most part, more is not better. Uh, we learned that one must eat kazait masa. More than kazait masa is not better. There is nothing better, nothing worthwhile, nothing worthy, nothing praiseworthy about eating a whole box of masot uh, or drinking uh, a whole bunch of wine because you think that Rabbi Ait needs to fit uh, the melolugma of Og Melechad Bashan. There is very specific measures for halakha. However, in some things, kol some specific enumerated things, is one of those things. Halakha he. This you can add this as rule number five, or you can see it as a separate parallel kind of Haggadah, like we have it in our Haggadot. In our Haggadot, we first do uh, the, in our main Haggadah, we first do everything we described so far, and then at the end, a sort of like a later stage, we say Rabban uh, Gamliel Omer, and we start what's described in this Halakha, but you can also see it as part of Halakha Dalet. Anyone who, one who did not mention these three things on the 15th night would not have fulfilled his mitzvah. And these are Pesach, Masaum, Rodim. In other words, one has to say it as if pointing to them to fulfill what the Pasuk says. So the, the idea of this of Rabban Gamliel, I believe is, a person should be saying, Ba'avur Masa, Ba'avur Maror, Ba'avur Pesach, Asa Adonai Lib Satyam Misraim. I'm not saying literally to, to say it like that, but that, that's that's the, the the meaning of what some of what one would be saying. And then explain. The Mishnah doesn't stop there, it continues. Pesach, Al Shem Shepasach Makom Baruchua Batavatun Misraim. What does Pesach mean? Pesach is uh, on account of the fact that God protected. Pasach doesn't mean passed over, like the name of the holiday is in English, but Pasach means protected. God protected uh, the, the households of our forefathers in Misraim. And you shall say, how do we know that we have to say that word? Because it says, you shall say, this is a korban Pesach. So that's the source for having to say the word Pesach. Merorim. Why do we have Merorim? Because of how the Misrim embittered the, the, the lives of our forefathers in Misraim. Masa, al shem alu, and Masa, on account of the fact that we were redeemed. Why Masa, on account of the fact that we were redeemed? Because Masa symbolizes the swiftness the speed with which we had to leave Misraim, that there wasn't even time to wait for the dough to rise. Now, you'll notice Hanambam gives us a source for Pesach. Why Kol Haomer Pesach, Kol Shelo Amar Pesach Lo Yasai Dechobato? How do we know Masa Umrodim? That we know from 
our main pasuk, Ve'igatta levincha bayom ahu lemor. And before that, it was almasot umrorim. So, ba'avur zeh, that very obviously refers to masot umrorim. So we are missing Pesach. So for Pesach, we have the other pasuk, Ve'amartem zevach Pesach ulashem. Ulvarim ha'elu kulan, and all of these things through here, hen ha'nikraim ha'gadah. This is what are called Haggadah, the Haggadah of Pesach. So we have five rules. Now, why did I say that the fifth rule maybe is not part of the first four rules? Because it's said separately. The first four rules, the way to really fulfill it is to take the Arami of Edavin to structure a whole story around it. And then in addition to that, the the the, 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 the final, the fifth one, you don't take Arami of Edavi, a text, and do a derasha, but you take some visual elements, a Pesach, Masa, Umaror, and you point to them and you explain through them, through these uh, visual cues, the story of Misraim. And these three elements of the story, if you think about it, one is the things that God did, is how God protected us. Second, Mereru uh, is what the Egyptians did. And third, Masa is what we did, that we did not uh, procrastinate and we left right away. <clears throat> this is rule number six. Each and every generation. Part of telling the story is to also show yourself. This is visually to show yourself. As if I myself, the person himself, was the one leaving Egypt. As it was said, Ve'otanu hosimisham. Moshe Rabbeinu says in, to, to a later generation that had not in fact come out of Misraim, right before coming into Israel, he says, Ve'otanu, and us, we, we were taken from there from Misraim. So Moshe was teaching us that even that generation, it was appropriate for them to feel like they were the ones leaving Misraim. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu prescribed in the Torah. You shall remember or do something to remember. Uh, just a point about the word Lizkor. I cannot stress this enough. Lizkor is not to remember in the abstract. Lizkor is always, always, always to remember by doing something. Uh, it's to engender a memory, to, to trigger, to do, to commemorate, to celebrate a memory. So emphasis on the word hayita vezakharta you shall uh, do something to remember that you were Ayved, Ayved Hayita, you were. As if to say that remember that you yourself were Ayved and then you became free and you were redeemed. So what does this result in? That we have to show ourselves as if. So what does this result in? In all the things that we do in the Sadr. This is why a person, when he eats and drinks on this night, he needs to do so reclining in the way of the free man. This is a custom, a tradition taken from uh, Greco-Roman culture, uh, spe specifically uh, in symposia, where they'd sit down, really, they'd lay down on beds on the side, and that's how they would eat, and that's what citizens would do as opposed to servants and everyone else. And by the way, it was pretty common in Roman times for slaves to be freed, and uh, many slaves became very wealthy. We have historical accounts of such slaves, and uh, 
so they had they, they had a very clear understanding in the culture. It was a thing for someone to behave as a free man and someone to stop being a slave and becoming a free man. And each and every person, men and women alike, must drink on this night four cups of wine. No less than four. Even a poor person who is being sustained by public charity, this is for the people who are giving him tzedakah, those have to make sure that they give him enough to have four cups of wine. And the amount, the, the, the size of each one of these cups, we're going to see how much wine in each of them, but the size of each one of these cups needs to be at least Raviyait, which is about two and a half ounces, just over two and a half ounces. Again, about two and a half ounces. Some people take five, six, seven, eight ounces. That's totally fine, but it's not Raviyait. Uh, Raviyait is two and a half ounces. Halachahit. Afilu ani, sorry, Raviyait for Rambam is two and a half ounces. For others, it might be different. Afilu ani shebe Yisrael lo yochalat sheyasev. Even uh, someone who is the poorest person in Am Israel should not eat before doing has or without doing Haseva, which is something reserved for wealthy people normally. This night we are all wealthy. A woman, uh, this is all again consistent with etiquette in Greco Roman culture. Uh, the women did not do Haseva, uh, most women, only very important women. Mat, mat, matrons in, in uh, Latin, those would do Haseba. And this happened normally when a woman uh, became a widow or a widow and she and she inherited a huge fortune in Roman times, she would do Haseba. But uh, normal free women would not do Haseba, which is why Hamid did not, did not institute it for women. It's not about whether women are different than men or not. This is about taking the Greco Roman. Uh, language of how to express freedom and apply it to halakha. That's what the sages of that time did, and that's the halakha that we inherited. If it's an important woman, she needs a seva. It doesn't mean that, uh, like the Ra'aviya says, that all women are important, and therefore and therefore, uh, all women today need to do a seva. No, according to Harambam, this is specifically a very important woman in the society. However, a son before his father and a, a, a helper before his, his uh, boss need Haseba. The only exception is a student before his rabbi. He should not do Haseba unless his rabbi gave him permission. So all of these things are because we are all the same social level at this night. There is no bosses, there is no employees, there is no sons or fathers in terms of, of hierarchy. We are all free men, we are all the maximum level possible. However, uh, the Talmud Ifn is not about a social level, it's about uh, honoring the Torah, and that is not suspended on this night, and that's why the, the student still needs permission to do Haseba. Uh, and why do we need permission? Because by doing Haseba, I'm saying, Nobody tells me what to do. I'm totally free. But hey, but your rabbi is next to you, so you should ask permission. 
והסיבת ימין אינה הסיבה. A detail about how to do a seba, if you do it on your right side, it's no good. וכן המסבע על אורפו על פניו, so too doing it on your face or on your back, אין זו הסיבה. It's not a seba. ומתי צריכים הסיבה? And when are the times at which we must do a seba? בשעת אכילת כזית מסע ובשתיעת ארבעה הכוסות האלו. This is specifically for the moment at which we eat the כזית מסע and the moment we drink these four cups of wine. ושאל אכילתו ושתייתו, the rest of the time when we are eating and drinking, אם הסבע לזה משובח, ואם לאו אינו צריך, if I do do הסבע, how much, how, how great, this is a beautiful thing to do, if not, it's not required. הלכה ט', ארבעה כוסות האלו צריך למזוג אותם, now we are going to see how much wine one must drink, these four cups, one must dilute them, one must dilute them, you should not drink pure wine. A word about wine, a scientific word, wine back in the day was not stronger than our wines today in terms of alcohol content. How do we know that? Very simply, it's impossible to make wine without distilling it that is more than 15-16%, even 15-16% is very very difficult to do, and the level of acidity for, for a, a wine that reaches 15 or 16% would kill all the organisms that would cause it to ferment more and to create more alcohol. And therefore this doesn't happen. Uh, and therefore it's not correct scientifically that their wine was stronger than our wine, at least in terms of alcoholic content. It may have been, it may have had a stronger taste. It may have needed water in order to, to make it tastier, but not in terms of alcohol. In terms of alcohol, our wine is as strong as their wine, perhaps stronger. But one must dilute the wine so that it's a, the kind of drinking that one drinks pleasurably. It's a pleasant kind of drinking. It's not something that you have to uh, feel the, 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 the strength of the alcohol uh, inconveniencing you. And how much would one have to add of water? Everything according to the wine and according to the person drinking. This is very, very reminiscent of what we just read in Purim. And the drink was done appropriately without anyone forcing anyone. And then because the had, had commanded to do according to each person's uh, preferences. So this is a very subjective thing that the highest quality of wine drinking ceremonies, this used to be called symposium in Greco-Roman times, was uh, when you had a symposiarch, you had a special person there who was an expert in diluting wine and he'd customize each person's drink in terms of the ratio wine to water according to their taste. So this is more or less what we want to achieve in this night, a very fancy Uh, wine drinking uh, event. And all of them, all the four together, the four cups of wine must have at least one of pure wine. Where does this, this leave us? This means that so long as I have one of wine, two and a half ounces of wine, the entire night of Pesach, I am fulfilling the misvah farba'a kosot. Did you understand this? All you need is two and a half ounces of wine. 
I, I always advise people to not take grape juice. Uh, grape juice, for the most part, the grape juices you buy in the supermarket today are not wine. They, they'll never become wine. They, they are filled with sulfites. They are mevushal. They have additives in it. Uh, they, they add uh, water and uh, and grape syrup, really, to make it sweet or, or, or not sweet at taste. Uh, it's really very, very, very difficult to make the argument that that's hagefen or that that's wine. So what do people do who don't want to drink four full cups of wine? So let's put things in perspective. First, remember, Raviyat is not seven ounces. Raviyat is two and a half ounces. Second, remember, you may dilute it with water. You may have um, really 0.7 ounces. If you have 0.7 ounces of wine in each of the four cups, 0.7 ounces, that's nothing. 0.7 ounces and then add water to get two and a half ounces to 2.6 ounces, uh, th then that's uh, that th that's very, very, very manageable, even for, you, for people who don't normally drink wine. Three, consider making your own your own grape juice. Um, I did it last year, and I can tell you anecdotally, I did it with my children. We, make, we made our grape juice, and this was also something that made the night very exciting for them to drink, to be, to be waiting for, and to drink their own grape juice that they... By the way, we did it putting the grapes inside a Ziploc bag and uh, putting it in the tub, in the bathtub, and having my children step on those grapes, obviously through the Ziploc bag. Uh, so it was, again, all add, adds to the experience, and it would save you from saying hagefen on something like Keden grape juice, which I do not recommend. What if a person drank these four cups from wine that was not diluted with wine, uh, with water, that was pure, pure? So he fulfilled this four kosot obligation. However, did not fulfill the, the aspect that means that one must drink it in the fanciest way possible to signify herut. If the person drank these four cups at once, uh, Mezugin diluted with water. Yasayde Herut, he fulfilled the obligation of Herut, but he did not fulfill the obligation of four kosot, of four cups, because he, he drank all of them at once. And if he drank from each of these cups its majority, he's Yosayde Hovasto, let me add something else. I said two and a half ounces, 75 milliliters of wine is enough for the night. I was not accurate you actually need 1.75, 1.75, sorry, uh, 1.25 ounces, one and a quarter ounces. Why is that? Because all you need to do from each of these four cups is, is to drink the majority of it. So serve each cup with 0.7 ounces of wine and uh, 1.2 ounces, uh, sorry, and 1.5 ounces of uh Wow, my math is really terrible today. And 1.8 ounces of, of uh, water. So 0.7 to 1.8. And then just drink a little bit over half of each of these four cups and you're good. You're fine. So if anyone cannot handle in four shots uh, with added water in, to, in a ratio of three to one, uh, 1.25 ounces of wine, then resort to grape juice and try to make the grape juice yourself. But this is something that uh, even someone having very strong antibiotic 
should be able to handle, uh, of course, consult a doctor, but it's not a lot of, of, uh, of wine at all. It's like a fifth of a serving, I think, or something. A, a serving of wine is uh, five ounces. That's one serving of alcohol. So this is a fourth of a serving. Each of these cups of wine, according to Harambam, requires its own of hagefen. This is not something that's done in, in most Haggadot today. If you follow the instructions that they bring, they do not have a gefen for each of them. According to Harambam, it is something you would need to say, hagefen four times. And it's over the first cup that you do the Kiddush for the day. Shani. For the first, for the second one, you read the Haggadah. You lift the cup in certain places, and then you read the Haggadah. The third one is used for Bikat Amazon. The fourth one is used to finish the Hallel. And also you finish Bikat Ashir, which is the, the, the Berachah that we say, uh, we say also at the end of the Hallel. And between these cups, if someone wants to drink more, he may do so. However, between the third and the fourth one, one may not drink more. Haroset. <coughs> What is the haroset that we make? Misva medivre sofrim. It's also something that was prescribed by Chachamim to do on Pesach. Zecher l'aticha yu avdim of Misraim to remind ourselves of the mud that used to our forefathers needed to use to make the bricks. Bechesad osinota. How do we make haroset? Pay attention to this recipe. Lokhin temarim ogrogerot. You take dates or dried figs or simukin vechayosebahem or or, or uh, raisins or anything of that sort. Dry fruits. You make them into a paste. And you put inside them vinegar. This is why if you put flour in the harot, it becomes hametz right away. Because vinegar, the, um, it's an acid that makes it, uh, speeds up the process. And you add some spices, just like you'd add uh, to the teat, you'd add to the mud some straw. So in other words, it adds to the graininess of it and then you bring it to the table on the table on, on the night of Pesach eating the maror is not a discreet independent misva from the Torah rather from the Torah it's something that is an accessory it depends on the eating of Korban Pesach given that the Misvah, unlike Masa, that has its own Misvah, uh, this Misvah is part of eating the Pesach al Masot Umlorim Yocheluhu. Umidivresoferim, from Hachamim's point of view, they established a new institution, Lechol Hamaror Levado Belaylaze, to eat Maror on its own this night, Afilu and Sham Korban Pesach, even if there is no Korban Pesach there, which unfortunately we do not have nowadays. 
Merorim Hamurim Batorah, a maror that is mentioned in the Torah, and a Hazeret, Veha Olashin, Veha Tamcha, Veha Har Havina, Veha Maror. I apologize, I did not check the English names for this, but I'll give you the scientific names so you can Google them. So Hazeret is, is what we know as, as Leros in all of its kinds. Uh, and this is Lactuca Sativa in Latin. Vea Olashin, the Olashin is the Kikorium Intibus in, in Latin. Uh, tamcha, Tamcha is the, the endives, endives, I know that one. Uh, the Harhavina in, uh, in Latin is Eringium. And uh, the and then the the the, the maror itself is the is probably is probably the lactucas riola, uh, but there is some questions on uh, what this is exactly. Um, anyways, it definitely does not include horseradish. We know that today, and it definitely includes endives and uh, lettuce, which are the two most common things that people use today. Although maror is one specific kind, each one of these five kinds is termed by hachamim maror and by the Torah maror. And if one ate kazait from one of them or all of them combined on the aggregate, that's enough. Again, zait is the size of an olive to be estimated by each person with their own um, in their own estimation. And they must be moist. They cannot be dried. You cannot eat dry lettuce. And you can eat also its stem. The stem can be dry. Even if the stem dried a little bit, you can eat the stem. However, if a person uh, boils them in water or pickles them or, or cooks them, then uh, this is not good, and you would not be or say the Havasa with it. We finish. Just to summarize, we have Misvat The Misvah in itself implies a few things, and Hachamim made it clearer for us. So they gave us six rules for this. The sixth rule of what, of which results in some practices. So the first rule just reviews. The second rule that we learned is uh, to do something different, to trigger the questions. You can read the second rule as try to make it into a question-answer. Third rule, and we have two flavors of that, Rav and Shemuel, and Fourth rule is to structure this story on Arami, Oved, Avi, the whole Agadah of Bikurim. Fifth rule, is to also structure a story, perhaps a second time, over and mentioning the three elements that are supposed to be in front of you during that time, Pesach, Masa, Umaror, and to say these three words. And the sixth rule, which is the most expansive one, is to show yourself as though to act it out, to actually act out uh, the coming out of Misraim, to do things that signify having been enslaved and freeing yourself, which includes things like Haseba, which have to be uh, drunk with in, in the form of Herut, which means Mezugim. It means also that we have Haroset and that we have Maror. 
And in the next chapter, Harambam is going to, this, to, to describe to us what the whole night, how the whole night comes together and what the whole night looks like according to the custom of most people nowadays. And with this, we finish uh, this chapter. We'll do, Be'ezrat Hashem, the next chapter, either Mosai Shabbat or Sunday morning. Shabbat Shalom.